And what he was doing was, and it's just my personal opinion, I haven't spoke to anybody, this is just me evaluating the game. What I saw out of James Harden was a guy trying to help Joel Embiid win the scoring title. A guy that was trying to help Joel Embiid win his first MVP. Because I saw him. We keep talking about Ben Simmons and what he bring on the defensive side of things. Where the hell was Ben Simmons last year when they were playing the Hawks and Trey Young was torching them? I'm, I'm telling y'all, look, I'm not jumping off this ship. I'm gonna have to sink with it. I am staying with the Memphis Grizzlies. You are now listening to The Hoop Forum on the Dip Podcast Network. What a time to be alive. This is the NBA preseason. Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe said this is the best preseason, best offseason since 2013 with the amount of things going on, which I don't know. If he's talking, I don't know if he's talking about controversy. I don't know if he's talking about player movement, because honestly, there has not been much on some fronts. Honestly, what well, you have one blockbuster Donovan Mitchell trade. Would you call that blockbuster? Honestly. That was a blockbuster deal, dude. That was yeah, out of left field. Three first round picks. Everyone, everyone in the fucking league, dude. Any, any media, any yeah, that executive. Was what am I saying? Any coach, all thought this man was going to New York. Out of nowhere, Cleveland, York, Ohio. The New York Hunters were on the low. Mm-hmm. For, that's just wild. We're not here to shit on New York, though, and hype up Cleveland. We're here to throw shade at the Portland Trailblazers. Wow, wow. I'm not going to throw shade, actually. I'm just going to try to give some inspiring insight here. Um, Dame is 32 years old. That peak that he had in the bubble at 30 was just... what What if this is the... What if that's the Jimmy Butler that we've all been searching for that Ben's been searching for a ball long to have that sharp decline. What if it's Dame Can Dame still do 31 points a game for a stretch to end out the season here. I, I hope to God that he can for my own sake and my own mental health that Damian Lillard and his sake too, he secured all the money. So he feels secure in that way. I mean, I do not blame him for his situation at all and wanting to stick through it because he's just, Double down. We have to say it loyalty. That's the only time I'll say it while talking about Dame right now. That one word that he's always circling himself around. He's giving it back to the organization. He wants to see it through. We made it to the Western Conference Finals, but pulled the Atlanta Hawks in the against the eventual champion, you know, against well no, the oh, they didn't even win the championship that year either. But still, if the if Portland had won that series and made it to Toronto, I feel like Kawhi would have eaten them alive. Let's be honest. From what I've heard from people who are smarter than me from listening to podcasts, uh, some of the guys from like The Athletic or uh, The Ringer, they're saying that like Chauncey's system is just completely stagnant and still is stagnant. And This is developing news to me as well. And somebody actually was bringing that up too, because on the Portland Trailblazers subreddit, somebody that had been watching games 
I think they had like season tickets or something. I do not specifically remember <laughs> this entire story, but essentially what it came down to was they saw the most inspiring coaching happening by Dame, by getting the guys riled up and that Chauncey was really lethargic and seeming disinterested and like not wanting to be engaged, that kind of stuff. Just like mm-hmm. seeming mentally engaged or disengaged from the situation. And that worries me because Chauncey, I feel like was hyped. I feel like I'm not going to bring that up. I'll just cut that little part. This organization has a lot of questions to ask themselves. And I don't even think they've begun to come up with any answers. They've got Jeremy Grant. They have Nurkic. So to the point of his offense being bad, as, as I have heard, like, again, like I haven't paid enough attention to them to, to really know, uh, to see the type of basketball they play and that type of thing, other than seeing like Dame highlights and then like their runs in the playoffs. And I definitely didn't watch them with last year because my God, that was not a basketball team. So they say that like the offense that Billups is running doesn't maximize Grant. And the style of defense they're trying to play too doesn't maximize grand strengths on defense. So it really is just ineffective. Well, it's the classic Portland three-year plan that they had with Robert Covington too. Kick him out and call Vogel. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly. Please let that happen. Let Dame have a hard-headed, defensive-minded coach that's just going to get all the wings on that team to buy in on defense. Right. Because the only way it's going to survive, think about this, the only way that's going to survive can Yusuf Nurkic guard Anthony Davis in the playoffs? Can he? I don't know. Probably can Yusuf not. Nurkic <laughs> guard DeAndre Ayton? Can he guard Nikola Jokic? He might be lucky to guard DeAndre Jordan. Can he frankly guard? <laughs> can he frankly guard Kevin Looney? Kevon Looney at this point? Kevon Looney looked nice on offense, getting hustle offensive rebounds here and there. You'd hope Nurk, like a good defender. Looney's going to put some highlights on him for sure. I don't know about highlights, but like I just, I guess Cat or what are they going to, what is Portland going to do if they get matched up in a first round playoff by some miracle against like Minnesota? I have a lot of faith that Chauncey has a defensive mindset in his mind that he can channel into that can get positional team defense like the Pistons had back in the day when he was playing with them. Like just say like, and I thought part of that too was going to be looking at Dame and saying, listen, you're not an undersized point guard. You need to start playing defense. Like Dame isn't adequately, he can guard Steph Curry. He might be an inch or two shorter than Steph. I'm not sure. But like, I feel like he can straight up guard him at least wingspan wise, you know, just physicals. Mm-hmm. So it has to be found out some way because, I mean, frankly, that's the only real way that they're going to be. Nurkic's defensive side, relying on Jeremy Grant to be a just superstar defensive wing at this point is risky too. Oh, absolutely. Because it's like that, that was the Robert Covington. What I was going to bring up was the Robert Covington plan was mm-hmm. they, they got Covington for what, one or two first round picks and that was it. And then... Well, that was it. Now look at what stage we're in for those first round picks. 
Now mm-hmm. you deal him to Los Angeles for nothing. We've brought that up 29 times. But yeah. the fact that they saw what Covington was playing the five in Houston, who had a legitimate defensive scheme, but were literally all just six foot six or under and got completely exposed in the playoffs because why would you not just give it to the post that entire time against them and get guaranteed points with Jeff Green playing the five? Like, to your point, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know what? Frank Vogel just made it right through that. Yep. The, the Davis rotation in that playoffs was beautiful. That's why they won the championship. I mean, they he put together and- some great fucking lineups, dude. It can't go understated that Frank Vogel was a huge part of that championship. Think about the leap that AC took under him, too. Yep. All of a sudden, AC is like a premier like defensive guard, like two steps behind Marcus Smart level. That team was inspired. Exactly. But they sold on the whole thing. But the yep. problem is, is that Portland lost to them in that playoffs, too. And they Ooh. had fucking Gary. And- Never forget that first game. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, Dame was Dame was going off, but we saw it every time. The Lakers took the sleep, took the L, the we big watched, sleep on each. I was house sitting. Then we watched that at my parents' house. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, ridiculous. That was dope. So Portland's got a lot of questions because the preseason is not looking nice. Shade and sharp. I give you all of my like praise and good energy just to be something of a small forward for this team of a shooting guard, just be like next up. And I hope good health for him. Everything. You know what I mean? Because well, <laughs> Nasir little, little is not even considered a starter on this team. For some reason, they want to start Josh Hart at the three and not at the two where Anthony Simons plays. Like that's our starting lineup is Dame Simons, Hart, Grant Nurkic. Not looking good in a playoff series if you're no. facing down Nikola Jokic or Jamal Murray Ayton or I just Carl Anthony Towns, like you said. I mean, it very very fragile. Just a very fragile lineup. A lot of holes. Ultimately, you know, Portland has a lot of questions to ask themselves. Like I said, but the truth of the matter is, is Dame Lillard's got a lot of questions to ask himself. And that's real. And we'll get more into that because if we're really just thinking about it, I would say Dame Lillard also has a lot to prove. And that's what we're here for today with our segment where we're talking the top 10 players with the most to prove coming into this uh, upcoming NBA season, uh, which is almost upon us. Basketball starts next week, right? Real basketball. Oh, yeah. Next Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, trust me, real- bro. We are thirsty for it. We're ready. Uh, yeah. I am absolutely stir crazy at this point. Yeah, we're ready for it. And I would say everyone on this list is ready for it. And we'll, we'll go ahead and mention some honorable mentions here that I had at least. I'm sure you had a few fringe guys that we can talk about before we really dive in. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., though, and Jamal Murray were on there for me. Michael Porter Jr. coming off. Horrible mentions. Yeah, in terms of having a lot to prove. Because their reputations aren't at the level of what these top 10 players are. So that's why they can't really make it in there. Um, But I still think they have a lot to prove. 
I mean, think about it. MPJ coming yeah. off the injury. Oh, yeah. They're expecting him to be, I mean, the third option in that offense, maybe sometimes the second option in that offense. Now, like what Ryan said, not closing games by any means, but don't you feel like right now, Michael Malone should be just watching all the game tape of LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love and figure out how to mold that situation into the best, into the next level version of that, where Jokic is playing LeBron, Jamal Murray is Kyrie Irving, and Michael Porter Jr. is Kevin Love. Kevin Love, exactly. And yep. just buy into that. Now you you replace J.R. Smith in that situation with Aaron Gordon and KCP. Mm-hmm. Instead of and then you have Thompson. Bruce Brown as a sprinkle. Exactly. This team should be just... Dude, it's not that aha that Ryan said he thinks they're going to win the championship. And he I don't the team. think so either. And he covers the team and I understand that he's invested, but like he, you can also tell he just loves this fucking team. And it's not that hot. It wasn't that hot of a take. No, it's not. That's the he thing. threw it down it's, for his hot take, but I'm like, man, that's not that hot, man. I like that take. Like, I feel like, well, Zach Lowe and I forget who else. They both agreed that the Bucks were the safe pick for champion the championship this year. They said that was the safe pick. That was is the safe pick. Bucks versus Clippers or Bucks versus Golden State is probably the safest pick. We know the NBA is never safe, though. I know, exactly, because then you get the Phoenix Suns versus the Bucks in the NBA Finals. You get the Toronto Raptors versus the Golden State Warriors. Like, it's never both conferences. It's always just one that has the out of left field all of a sudden. Boston Celtics, out of left field. Mm-hmm. A literal second half into the playoffs team. They did not, they were not good at the deadline. They got the deadline move. They literally got the graces of Pop giving them Derek White for fucking Romeo Langford mm-hmm. and just rode the high off of that. Yeah, I, I have to agree though with Jamal Murray being on this list. He is actually at my number eight or number nine position on here. Uh, okay. In ranks. So yeah, I definitely agree with him. That's interesting. Uh, I also had Don Mitchell as an honorable mention. Really? Why? Because there, his situation in Utah was pretty dramatic. It was, and that's why I brought it up to Carter. Yeah, about him being a diva. Because when you look at that situation from that angle, you're like, it was it was pretty dramatic at times. Because think about the whole start of COVID. When there was, that's when the real first reports of tension started to come out between those two. And that was all the way back in 2020. Yeah. So we've had two, then the bubble happened. And then last year's playoffs against the Clippers happened. And that was bad. That was awful. They well, apparently there was, the, Mitchell wanted to come back sooner than they let him. And right, right. Uh, the, you know, the, his, his, Mitchell's team was saying he can play. And then they were saying, no, he can't. Exactly. Messy, just messy. So like, so you're right though. I feel like there is something of him to prove as a, as a two, as a real well, just two, as uh, like a, a, as as a good as a great teammate, not just a good teammate, as a great teammate and and a franchise player, right? A real franchise player, like a guy who you can look to when you a tough playoff game or a finals game. I mean, exactly. can you see LeBron? Can you see Don Mitchell closing out a finals game? My heart says yes, but my brain says no. Right. 
when you think about who he's probably going to be going up against. Right. A 6-1 point guard going against what? Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi. Yeah, Giannis in, the, Giannis in the conference finals and then Kawhi or Anthony Yo, Davis and LeBron James. Or Anthony Davis. The yeah. thing is, though, bro, they have Allen and Mobley. That's a six. That's, that's the Twin Towers right now. I People know. don't want to talk about that as the Twin Towers, but it is right now. It Think is. about that's like, I feel like that's going to be at least baseline, the same level as Adebayo and uh, Tucker together mm-hmm. on defense for the mm-hmm. Miami Heat last year. Like, man, Miami, Miami better be praying for Jay Crowder because they're going to have some problems if they can't get that four. <laughs> if they have to have Max Struess playing the four. I'll tell you this, man. Cleveland's offense looks tight. It does. It does. There's plenty of space for everybody. There is plenty of space for everybody. And you know what? I think them having that three spot just floating is going to be their advantage. Mm -hmm. Because why should they think about tying up, dedicating a fixated role to exactly one player outside of just Dean Wade, Karis LeVert, and Isaac Okoro? Let them all get their minutes, but that starting four group just needs to be playing together at all times. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I mean, the classic Zach Lowe staggerability between Donovan Mitchell and we're going to see some Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio minutes on the Cleveland Cavaliers. It. We're going to be seeing some of those minutes after probably the deadline when Rubio is ready to come back. Like, that is going to be exciting. We're going to see some Rubio and DG as well. And there's some real chemistry there between that. That's going to be a huge help. Like, I feel like you're going to have Karis being able to play 18 to 24 minutes. Okoro's definitely going to have try. Dean Wade. <laughs> Dean Wade trying at power forward. Look, I think they have a chip on their shoulder to a certain degree as a they team, should. as an organization. And I Bro. think they have a lot to prove. And I think Don Mitchell carries a lot of that. And that's why he was on my honorable mention. Very true. Yeah, bro. 2019, when I went to go see them, they were bad. They were actually a very bad basketball team. They're like the Memphis of the East, right? No. That it's Boston... Different. No, nobody's really the Memphis. But I'm not NBA in the style of play, Memphis. but just like in essence. In developing young talent. Boston's yeah. definitely number one, I feel like. Right. Because they've just won so they've won so many playoff games. They've won at least what twenty-five playoff mm-hmm. games altogether. Like it's just insane. Like probably more than that when you think about it. But maybe, I don't know. But they've definitely been there. They've had one fart and that was in the first round against <laughs> Brooklyn and Jason Tatum still had 50 in one game. You know what and I mean? And that's why I don't have either of them on here. I don't have Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. Yeah, because well, I mean, uh, yeah, all, in all honesty, what do they have to prove? They just went to the finals at right. age two. Tatum's 24 and Brown is 26. Yeah, it's the same reason I don't have the finals MVP. Boston is laughing because they're running back this core again. Right. And, and that's the same reason I don't have Steph Curry on the list. And they added Brogdon. Yeah, Steph Curry, absolutely not. I don't think he... He There's has nothing, nothing to prove for the rest of his NBA career. There's nothing he left. Was, that's the thing you'll never take away from him, too, is all these guys joined him to win, to win rings. 
And he Steph has nothing win. left to prove, and it's likely he'll get two more rings before he's done. <laughs> I don't think it's likely. I think it's. I think it's more likely than not that he'll get it one. So I think two's on the table at that point. I think one's on the table, and he'll end with five. Like magic. And he'll go down better than Kobe. There's going to be people making that argument. No. No. He's not better than Kobe. I don't think he's better than Kobe, but there's going to be people making that argument. Steph has way... Okay, Steph will have five rings in the end, but Steph's playoff record will be way more sketchy. Because he, right, Steph Kobe. was the essence of a team, a perfect team, and Kobe was just Kobe Bryant. A murderer. Exactly. A As work Robin hard, would say. A, an absolute murderer. You could see it in his eyes. Way more focused than everybody. We all know it, but yes, I feel like one is back on the table for Steph Curry to end like that. So yeah, why anybody that just made the finals last year that isn't looking to replace more than 40% of their team should be looking at themselves with little expectations. Well, not little, but you know what I mean. Not like I have to make noise. Well, there's someone on that team that I think has to make noise and has been making noise. So that's Draymond Green, and he's he's my number ten. So let's just yep. group the punch in together. Let's group the list in together. Draymond Green coming in at number ten as a player that has something to prove. I know this man just won a championship, but let's be honest, he didn't look that good doing it. He did not look that good doing it. He did not. I don't good. know, dude. I honestly don't know. Those last three games that he played, especially that game six. When he hit that back foot jumper, I was like, God damn, Draymond's ready. Let's just say t- statistically, he did not look good doing it. Okay, yeah. I said this, the stats are on a downward decline, but you and, know what? And, Draymond's and, a total, total, complete eye test player. If you do not watch yes, Draymond, you will yes. not understand it. You and I both know that because I've always said this man is the engine of this team. Exactly. But I think that has faded to a certain degree. And I think you see that. And I think it does affect him statistically. I think it affects the on-court product as well. I don't think he's the same thing that he was to this team. And now you got the punch where he smokes Jordan Poole. And I'm not going to sit out here and like, I don't, we don't need to have a moral discussion about it really. Right. But at the end of the day, man, like we don't know what was being said. We have no idea what was being said. The shove happens, which was a fairly aggressive shove. People are trying to downplay the shove. Like he didn't shove this man. Like he's ready to roll. Yeah. It was definitely a pissed off shove. People are ignoring that. This means that's like the, this means war shove. Be like, we're, we're about to score right right now. Exactly. And that's what, and Draymond did swing too hard, but I feel like, do you think that Draymond's proportions make it look worse than it is? Because Draymond has fucking haymaker arms, or maybe it's like Draymond's proportion that made it. Made, maybe it's Draymond's proportion that made it hurt, dude. Exactly, because Poole is so much smaller too. Hey, he's like what six dude. foot one eighty or six foot six two one eighty five. He smoked him, dude. He did smoke him. He hit him pretty nicely, <laughs> and like that's the him. thing because it, that would be a terrifying thing to see as a teammate because you're like Jesus Christ. Well, it sucks. It sucks all around because like CTE is real and everyone fucking knows that. You're oh, yeah. Under, you're living under a goddamn rock if you don't know that. It's not good to get fucking knocked out like that. It's not good for exactly. you. Now, one time here or there, like, yeah, it's probably not. Well, luckily, he didn't get knocked, knocked out, though. Did he not go out? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. He landed and got back up almost immediately. Okay. Well, just in general, any type of head trauma is not that 
it, it isn't good. And there is situations where one hit ends it all. So, right. But exactly. Yeah. I I don't know. See, it's just the theme of sports broad- broadcasting these days is you cannot take the center line. You cannot take the you know yeah. the the balanced stance, which is that. All of us know that Jordan Poole is a major shit talker. Mm-hmm. We see him do it all the time. We saw it in the playoffs. He's annoying. He's annoying for sure. He looks like a like rat. You know what I mean? The way that he moves around out there like Steph Curry, he looks like a little like almost like feline. Mm-hmm. Just like swooping around out there. And you're like, my God, he, he does move like a cat. He moves like your average common house cat. Like he's just out here swooping around back and forth like it's the witching hour. And... He hits those threes. He starts in the playoffs over Steph Curry. Ridiculous. Most disgusting thing I've ever that seen thing. in basketball. Hated that. Oh my god! One of the most I, that probably goes down for me. Top five most disgusting things I've ever seen in basketball. Where I was literally just sick to my stomach. How disrespectful to the Nuggets as well. Oh yeah, completely. So I feel like there should be some playoff beef between. I hope we see. Oh, that. I want that. I, I, I hope that. we see that. I said that in the uh, episode with Ryan. I said I want to see that in the finals, dude. In the Western Conference Finals, Warriors Nuggets. Give me it. But you know what that means? Give me seven games of that. Which team beats Luca this year? <laughs> Give us the battle of the Euros in the oh, semifinals. Please, please give us the Euro battle battle in the semifinals. <laughs> I would be okay with that. I would be okay with Luka going yeah. to seven with Jokic and, and falling short. I would Luka's be completely tw- content because I would know 23. that Luka did not have a fucking Michael Porter Jr. and he didn't have a Jamal Murray running with him. You got DFS, bro. And that's what it comes down to in the playoffs. So. Draymond, though, dude, I think Here's, here's where I'm at with Draymond. Now, even more so with the punch. You know, he's coming into this contract and that's exactly the storyline all the media wants to push. But it, it is true. Like, they have decisions to make and a lot of people are saying that are probably are connected, you know, that it's very likely that he's not coming back. I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Apparently, he wants to get to the Lakers, which is just fucking ridiculous. Of course, he does. He's clutch. He loves LeBron. He's friends with LeBron. What if it's the What if it's the, the Warriors' first deadline move in like seven years? Draymond goes. You to think the it would Warriors. happen this year? Yeah. What if it just happens? Because they're gonna they're gonna sign Poole to that extension allegedly within the next three to six days. He's getting the max thrown down, and you know what that means? We're about to see four years, one forty two. For Jordan Poole. Four one forty two. I'm putting, to get a bag. I'm putting down for that. Because you know who else just got bagged up? Tyler Hero. Four one thirty. And Jordan Poole is gonna look at that and say, I just want a ring playing his role. Right. And better. And I shot better, way better from three. I did him better. Yep, exactly. That's the Shaq. That was the Shaq situation back in the day. And it wasn't even that he did Harrow better. I mean, he played Steph Light. He did. He did. He walked in his shoes. That's fine. He did it. And you know what? That shows that that style of play is extremely successful these days. And he is well, able to emulate that. that. Like you can fit a guy who has the capabilities of even touching that into that system, and it's going to be effective. Right. Exactly. It's like a Goran Dragic on Miami level fit. 
And Jordan Poole would never be what Steph Curry is. I'll tell you that right now. He's in the mold, though. Yeah, he fits into the mold. So does Trey Young. So do I go ahead? Yeah. So so do I bring up my number 10 at this point? Yeah, no, that's all I had to say about Draymond. I just think with everything going on, it's, you know, it's the last year of the contract. Like, you know what, though, bro? Do you actually... I'm saying bring it on. If you actually look at the fit of LeBron, Draymond Green, Anthony and Davis. Anthony Davis on the floor, oh my God. Yeah, if they could like, squeeze it out for one more year, LeBron age 39, we got Draymond for one year, and we got Davis. You're one and two one better be able to shoot year. the fucking three ball. Exactly. We just we find some guys that are just able to shoot. Maybe none is that guy. None could be like a 39% three-point shooter on like seven attempts. Then you, you know what I mean? a two-guard that can fucking, fucking eave, though. <laughs> it's Buddy Heald. You need it's a Buddy Heald. You need a KCP. You need someone who can just fucking heave. You know what's ridiculous to me is that I was talking to my coworker about KCP, about being a perfect fit on the Nuggets, and he was like, but he's not that good of a three-point shooter. I was like, Bro. I was like, KCP shoots 35% from three, but on like 11 attempts. He's making like four. And that corner is nasty. (laughs) The corner is extremely nasty. The corner three is nasty from KCP. He looks so dope. So is it a lost, is it really a lost cause to think that Austin Reeves could potentially be that too? And get Patrick Beverly at the one? What's wrong? I like respect Austin Reeves. Like NBA pundits respect Austin Reeves. As He's a, legitimately as a bulked this year, and I feel like he realizes that the team needs somebody to just run around in the wing. Yep. Somebody to just run the Steph Curry like around screens. Well, and, and it's be a shit cutter. that Caruso did too. Exactly. He opened up the lane for that, and he's like, you know what? I can do that too, but I can shoot better. Yep. Caruso's not bad though. I trusted Caruso hitting the open three more than so that I did. Um, I, ne- so I, I never did trusted his. Um, no, I try. <laughs> shit on Danny Green so much that yeah, makes he was me bad. sad. He Danny was Green bad. is a fucking legend, bro. He was bad on that he was run. He's a fucking you know he legend, and he was, he was bad, bad on, on that, that fucking team run. too. Get on with your number ten, dude. <laughs> Fuck the Lakers. We'll get to them in a little bit. You know, you know, fucking, you know, bro, he's you were out here saying the death threats. The death threats were verified. You were out saying, saying, you know what? Yeah, Danny Green and his fiance. They were justified. <laughs> that wasn't that that wasn't even that bad of a mystery. Danny Green, shout out, fan of the podcast, friend of the podcast. God, the man. only people that we can actually say friend of the podcast are the ones that we already had on. And we have not had Danny Green. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Covington was on there at one point. <laughs> we have three people. We literally have three people that we can stake the claim as a friend of a podcast and then even they would probably be like what so my number 10 is somebody that's definitely not a friend of this podcast would not be a casual listener of this podcast at all somebody that definitely would not tune into us would definitely tweet about us james harden number 10 i got him a hell of a lot higher than that so let's just um, talk about it then that's fine i'll i'll throw him out there when we get there but james to me is just This is the last, I, I don't know. Is it the last, last year? I think him? this is I, the last ride for him. It's championship or bust for this dude. Or he's never. It's not there's definitely an energy like that around it, isn't there? It what are the chances like James Harden gets mellowed? I mean, there's like a group of 
five to six players that I feel that way about, dude. God damn. I'm just getting mellowed. And I've been on that train. Most of them are on this list. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Him included. He's in there. I mean, do, do tell though. I mean, where are you at there? Like, I mean, I'll pull up his stats here. The stats look fine. You know what oh, I yeah, mean? And you know what will always keep him on a basketball team away from being mellowed is the fact that he can shoot 36% from three on great amount on a great amount of attempts mm-hmm. and get like a random 14 assist night. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so we're looking at uh, last year, 22, seven and 10. And he was great doing that alongside fucking Joel Embiid, who is obviously going to be the leading. What's the leader. percent from three? Right. Like Joel B should be the first fucking option. Exactly. And I feel like he's comfortable in knowing that at this point, And he wants that to be the truth. But does that come at the risk of him having this weird mental block in the playoffs where it's just like, he wants to pass it off to guys and act like he's like, no, do you do you just do you like, come on, dude. Like he doesn't even want to get in on like the fight at all. It seems like in the playoffs. Harden. Yeah. For well, sure. And that's definitely I'm at the point where I'm thinking, is Tyrese Maxey a better player on this team than James Harden? It's a real question. And I, I was saying that last season. It's a real fucking question. I think you did too. I think we were kind of both on that. Like, it's James Harden the third option on this team. Unfortunately, I think for them to win a championship, at least make it to the finals, he would have to be more than the third option. Because Maxie's ceiling, Maxie's not going to touch his ceiling right now, but James Harden's current ceiling is still higher than what Maxie is. And right. he's more likely to get to that ceiling. So he would need to... James Harden would need to be at a ceiling in order for these guys to make it to the finals. Because exactly. that means you're beating Giannis. Yep. You're, you're beating one of Giannis or... Hey, but you know what? You have Tatum. somebody that... Can, you have somebody that... Look, yeah, Tatum for sure. Tatum would be You might have too. to go through both. It's a fucking gauntlet out there. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, Jimmy Butler's... Well, I don't know. I'm holding my breath on the heat, actually, this whole year. But... You're going to need 25 a game from Harden, at least. Yeah, just a dual 28-25. As well as 8 rebounds and 10 assists. Get 16, mean, 16 to 19 from Maxi. Right. 14 from Harris. 10 from PJ Tucker. You're not just talking You're about Giannis, too. You're talking about the Middleton Giannis connection. Oh, no. <laughs> I, can't I can't wait, wait to, to see, see that. It. Yeah, exactly. Me either. I am ready to see. And plus, Drew Holiday in there. Right. Drew Holiday is amazing, an amazing fit around those two. Like, mm-hmm. I want the Giannis jersey, dude. Uh, I'm in so, on it. I'm all in. Bro, okay, yeah, because the, have you seen their alternates this year? The black alternates with the, the cream colored, they are ridiculously fire and they have the little blue outline on the two. Like, ridiculous, goes ridiculous. And you know I'll what tell else you what is I'll never too? have a fucking James Harden jersey. No, nah, that would be painful. A James Harden Rockets jersey. Let's put that in writing. I will never have it. He's got a lot to prove. He could so easily be higher on this list for you, I feel like. But I yeah, understand he why could. you have him there. But I also, my first thought about him 
was like, man, he won an MVP at his prime. Like, yeah. he really, he really proved himself and was in the in the running as he had two thirty six point per game scoring right, years a, in a he row. He had a case for multiple years in the MVP exactly. conversation. He was sitting at the table for mo- the the no dunks guys always call it a table. Like, who's sitting at, at the, the table? table? Yeah, he was for there. sure. He was there, even if he was like. I don't know, even like sixth in line at that point. Right. I don't know. It's just, it's tough to say. But yeah, James Harden, number nine for me. My number nine, as we were talking about them, LeBron James. What? LeBron James. And I think there's people who wouldn't have him on this list at all. And I think that the people, there's people that would have him on this list, but I think most of those people would probably put him higher because they want to throw more shade at him. But where I'm at with LeBron is like, realistically, career-wise, he really doesn't have anything left to prove. And he's going to pass Kareem this year if he stays healthy. All right. So, I mean, by accolades and all that, like, there's really nothing else for this guy to do. Another championship would be nice. And, And the media narrative around it is still that Oh, well, you know, if he's on the floor, there's a chance that he can win a championship. So I feel like there's still that expectation for him to win a championship. And I think he maybe probably still has that expectation for himself to some degree. You know, he does. He's an incredible competitor. But with all that being said, I think he does have a lot to prove because is he done? Like, is he on the true decline or? Is he gonna win his fifth championship and just completely, <laughs> so. completely murder the naysayers one last time? Can he do that? Because they've been on the LeBron's done train for a while, dude. Yep, yep. And I'm Watch starting to be game. on the LeBron's done train. He's on that fucking list, uh, of guys. That I'm like, they're on their way out. And it's just a ma- It's just a fucking. It's just a situation because he's getting old. But like, can he do it? Is there is there a fifth ring? If LeBron plays till he's forty, he'll have spent twenty two years in the NBA and joined when he was eighteen. So he's would have lived playing more years in the NBA than he has by four years. The only thing he has left to prove is whether or not he can win one more ring. But it's not necessary to solidify anything in his career. His career is hook line sinker. He's right there in the conversation as the greatest, if not the second greatest basketball player of all time. And played through some of the roughest competition of any of his other compatriots. Arguably played against way tougher competition. (laughs) And that's the argument for Steph too, I would say as well. But I mean, my God, I think about the fucking gauntlets LeBron's been through. And insane. First, it was the Boston Celtics, the end of the Boston Celtics core of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Funny, Ray Sean Rondo. And then we have, oh, he lost to Dwight Howard one year and then lost to the Celtics the last year. Goes to Miami, loses to Dirk. Dirk having a God season, touched by the Angels season. Just absolutely insane. Have you ever watched highlights of that? I haven't, but I'm sure it's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. So we've already talked about number eight on my list, Jamal Murray. I think we got that pretty well out of the way. 
Yeah. Yeah. Jamal Murray talked about him for sure. Uh, my number eight, you're going to, you're probably going to agree with this. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely belongs on this list. He's not on mine, but yeah. There's a, there's a case there. You could, you could have easily had him on there if you wanted to. Right. Yeah. And I, as I said, this tough, this list was really tough for me to make personally. I mean, I actually had like six or seven more guys that I didn't even talk about in honorable honorable mentions that could have been on there. By the way, Joel Embiid was on there as an honorable mention for me. Um, yeah, just, yeah. As a side note, there we don't have to get into it, but like that's my point. Is like this list is really fucking hard for me to make. But Kyrie Irving coming at number eight for me last year for the limited time that we did see him. I mean, my God, this man still had a stat line: twenty-seven, four, and five, forty-six from the field, forty-one from three. 91 from the uh, line with an effective of 55. Like this is one of the greatest guards of all time. It is. Let's talk about his last three games in the playoffs though. I know. And, and the same goes for his counterpart and we'll get to him too. But like this man has all the potential to be, I mean, a finals MVP. Yep. Can they get there though? Like, I hope that it would happen for the sake of just Kyrie and just yes. how much how much hate he gets for just being an alive alive and trying to be an awakened person outside of you know outside of the realm of the NBA. Just being I, himself, if nothing right. else. He's trying to be spiritual in his own way and everything. Even though he might say some quote unquote harmful things on social media, right? But. You know what I mean? It's just like Kyrie is just a natural born baller. How amazing was it game one against the Boston Celtics when he hit that just little, have you noticed his go-to move is honestly rocking his feet back and forth in a U shape. Just like like a wide U shape, like the rocking of a boat back and forth. Mm -hmm. He gets into his position and just rocks back and forth and then just picks whatever angle he feels most comfortable at to just fade away. And it doesn't even matter how much he's being covered. Yeah. There's he just so fades. much finesse to it. He just, he walks to the spot with the dribble, with a setup dribble, starts the rocking motion, and then just, whoop, Yeah. Doesn't even matter who's in front of him. Nope. Marcus Smart. Unaffected. Marcus Smart. Absolutely nuts. I wonder what the practice days were like between those guys. You have to imagine it was insane. Between like LeBron and him? No, between Marcus Smart and Kyrie when they played in Boston. Oh. I bet Marcus got under his skin. In oh, for in sure. Practice. But, I guarantee they didn't get along. But yeah, I have to agree with that shout out with Kyrie. And I want uh, him to prove it. That's the thing. Me too. Me too. Honestly, I want to see Kyrie and KD win a championship together. I want to see them do it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, these are two guys that are just incredible talents unlike we've ever seen. And here they are teaming up after all these, they're the weird anti-heroes of the day. And don't you just love that? Mm-hmm. They're just the anti-heroes. They're, they're true neutrals in the world. And like... They're everything they're just, Kawhi wish, wishes he could be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And Paul George. So I mean... I hope that they have a real chance this year, bro. But you know what? There's a guy that got included into this list and he's very high up for me. That's going to have a say in the outcome of their season. 
Oh yeah, and I I have him too. We'll get to that. Uh, where yeah, number seven because I'm gonna hurt you with mine, and that's fine. But where yeah, are you at? We might as well just talk about something less hurtful. Julius Randall. Really? Let's prove it this season. I don't think that Knicks season was as fake as we want it to be. <laughs> yes, exactly as we want it to be. And you and I have definitely talked about the the Hezzy Jimbo fadeaway that he did for a season in empty arenas in New York. It just looked great. And then the playoffs came and he was nothing. <laughs> like 14 falling, out points of, per game. falling out of bounce on the baseline and cashing it. Yep. And just, you know what I mean? I There's a part of me that thinks that... There's a part of me that thinks that... Um, RJ Barrett can be the 20 points per game scorer that just supplants around that. And now they have Brunson. He's going to score you 18 points in the playoffs. We saw that. He's that good. Yep. And I mean, I feel like Julius Randle should take it in his mind. Look, I got paid for my season. There's nothing wrong with me being Chris Bosch to these two guys. I think that could be a real thing. And I think that's something that could happen this year. What's wrong with him? I mean, he may not be a 20-point-per-game scorer again, but you know what? If he can drop down two points per game but increases efficiency by, like, 10%, like, I, I, mean, I mean, that would be an unheard-of increase. But, like, you know, like, that is a ceiling. Right. Like, just be that much more efficient and well within the offense. I feel like that's some, that would be huge for them. Last season, he was 29-5 and five a game. 41 from the field, 30 from three, 75 from the line, and an effective of 45. Not good. 45 effective. In 2021, the 2020 to 2021 season, he was... Twenty-four a game. Mm-hmm. Six assists. Ten rebounds. See. He's always good on the boards. Mm-hmm. What's he's always the sitting around ten though? rebounds. Yeah, he needs to step up the percentages for sure. If they're gonna be Well, what's his attempts for last season? So last year's 20- attempts were on So we are 13 game or uh, 17. My bad. So 17 shots to get 20 points. Mm-hmm. Not great. Not Lou great. Williams, like, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, I feel like if he is able to just because he's there was noise that he was frustrated in New York. He did 24 like, yeah. on 18 attempts in 2020. See that. <laughs> see that's similar. He just regressed. <laughs> Right. So like he still had a similar field goal percentage. I just feel like if he can bump that effective up to like 49 to 50, we're going to be sitting so much better for him. You know what I mean? Like, and I think he has the ability to do that. If he can get some real, <laughs> remember you and I, we shouted out the one game of chemistry that he had with Evan Fournier. We were like, Oh yeah, that's going to be a handoff option all year for the Knicks is Evan Fournier and Julius Randall. And then that just never happened. Yeah. Never happened. <laughs> like yeah. we never saw it again. Never like it, it was again. just, it was like Russ, like the one, the hit one like six threes off of it. Exactly. I know they just played off well, but no, they have to get the ball in the hands of fucking 32 year old Derek Rose and Taj Gibson 
And oh my god, I hated their bench. But like, I mean, Derek Rose wasn't that bad, but it was like, why? You know, like too much Derek Rose shade. I love you, Derek Rose. You're a good player. But yeah, Julius Randle is in there solidly. That's fair. I mean, you sold me on it. I I was kind of taken back at first just because I have just a list of so many high profile guys. I mean, Draymond was the lowest on my list, and he's still a high profile guy. but nonetheless, I, I hear you on it. I'm going to cut your heart out at number seven with Dame Lillard. And I know we already talked about Portland, so we don't need to truly dive into it. Uh, but Dame last year, 24, four and seven, uh, 40% from the field, oh. 30, 32 from three. That hurts the most. 87 Yikes. from the line and 48 effective. Uh, and, you know, he was hardly out there at all. So <laughs> right. it I doesn't know. really matter. Well, he only played like, what, 18 games? Yeah, and he's been legitimate, legitimately injured. Um, so it was 29 games actually last year. 29. But okay. Nonetheless, I think he's got a lot to prove. And we already talked about that. It's kind of how we segued into uh, this whole segment. But I will say that I held off on talking about this until now. With the recent developments of Victor Wimbanyama being the greatest thing since fucking sliced bread. Actually, like I don't say that jokingly. It's liter- literal. Um, people are calling this dude the the best pro- prospect since LeBron James. Teams want a fucking just any sort of a chance at getting that. Oh my god! If teams gets- that are not a legitimate playoff contender right now, even teams that are are still thinking about it. <laughs> they know they can't, but they're thinking about it. Teams that are not a legitimate playoff contender right now are going to tank for the student. How competitive we, competitive we saw the whole season being last year is not going to happen. The effect that the play-in had, I think, is going to be completely washed out on the fact that Victor Wembanyama exists. Teams don't want to fucking try to get into the play-in. They don't. They don't want to win games. So Portland... I don't know. I would be asking myself the question, do, should we just fucking shut this down, trade Dame, do what probably needs to be done now rather than let it linger, and Russell fucking get our, get, get, our, get our fucking sliver of a chance at Victor Wimbanyana. And even if we don't, we need to rebuild probably anyway, so we're going to rebuild regardless. Right. And what's the worst that can happen? Your consolation prize is another decent lottery pick or you get lucky enough to be fucking Scoot Henderson. It's a pretty yeah. good fucking consolation prize. Right, right. And we'll see. It would be incredibly tragic, though, for Victor Wembanyama to, to get drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, to be honest, at my own <laughs> expense with their history of injured draftees. And it's just very sad to talk about. But if Dame Lillard all of a sudden in this magic situation where Portland is like, you know what, the vibes just aren't there and we know they're not going to be there. Even if we try to get something at the deadline, even if we try to get a backup center somewhere, which they just frankly don't have right now, they don't have a backup center. They have Nurkic. Like, and they are frankly only about seven deep. Like Nas and Ant Simons are the only ones I really trust off the bench. Right. And one of them is starting. <laughs> So, I mean, like, oh my God, it just makes me sick in some ways because it's like, now that the competition has been out there, you're like, oh, oh, like this is supposed to be a team. Like this is, this is what we're running with. They would like it to be a team. 
You know, it's just like, it makes me think though, is Dallas, are Dallas and Portland talking? Are Miami and Portland talking? Are Milwaukee and Portland talking? I would pray. Because I still have faith in Dame Lillard to prove it. But I would pray that Dallas is picking up that phone. If, if it's out there in any, in any way. Make that so the package would be would be Kleba, Dinwiddie, and DFS. You're just gonna have to gut the wing, gut the wing to get Dame and Luca, and just find the guys. Yep. I don't know if you can legitimately swing anything else from Portland. If Portland can sell on sell you literally anything else, like Dame's already making close to fifty a year. So I mean that salary right there. Like, oh man, it would be tough to sell on those three though. I bet Dinwiddie is probably the one they wouldn't want to get rid of, but Portland would kind of need that to replace minutes. Yeah, there's probably a salary and minutes reasoning for that. Okay, let's uh, let's bring it up right here live on the podcast. Leave it to me, ESPN Trade Machine. Let's go. Let's run it. Add team one, Portland Trailblazers. Now watch Dan B. He's probably, yep. I can't even put him in here because he signed his extension. So he's not even eligible until January 8th to be, to be traded. Yeah. But let's see here. Dame's sitting at 42.4. And let's see. Who are we just talking about? Dinwiddie. Oh, yeah, Dallas. Dallas. That's right. Let's see. They probably want Kleba or McGee. DFS. You can't sign Kleba either because do they want Wood? Does Portland want Wood? Actually, you know what? Maybe they want him. Throw him in there. I got forty six. I think at that point Dallas is saying no. Why for Dame? If you can keep, it's just gutting their team. They historically don't gut their teams. If you can sell on DFS, who's going to turn 30 next to DFS is locked into a fucking nice contract, though. That's the problem. Four, four years at $12 million a year. Cheap. God damn. No kidding. Cheap if he hits the ceiling. Exactly. And well, he turns 30 this year. That's the problem. I could see him being legit until at least like 30, though. I mean, like 33, 34-ish. Mm-hmm. But like, Dinwiddie's got two years at $20 million a year. Eh. I'm middling on that. That's a big contract. Christian Wood, one year, 14 million expiring. Good deal for them to pick up, by the way, because yeah. why not take a flyer on this guy for one year if he doesn't work out and he's just grumpy? You, he's walking anyway. You could literally move this man by the deadline if you had to. Exactly. So, I mean, like, yeah, you could definitely get somebody to bite. The Lakers would. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers probably would. They'd be like, yeah. Not, not to mention, they have. Trade exceptions for Nikhil Alexander Walker and Robert Covington. So I, I mean, you also got nine get, million dollars in room right there. I don't want to get too long winded on potential Dame trades, but I'm just saying that that is not out of the realm of possibility. And he's number that? seven on my list, but I do have faith in him to get them stats back up and and look legit again. I just don't have faith in this team or this organization as a whole, mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate because he's a hell of a talent. And it's just sad that that's what we always have to say. Right, exactly. Exactly. It's the same thing with Bradley Beal, though, too, if you really look at it. Bradley Beal, I feel like, is a much different kind of scorer than Dame, but definitely could be a perfect 27-point-per-game mm-hmm. just piece on a playoff team. 
yeah. Boston. Yep. Imagine if Boston could just trade Derek Brown and Marcus Smart for Bradley Beal. Be nuts. And like maybe throw. Do you throw Robert Williams in there for that? I mean, for Bradley Beal, he's locked into a long term deal. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation. I'll say that. Let's go ahead and keep it pushing forward, though. Where are you at, number six? Number six, we can just, we, his name has been brought up before. Although he's number six on this list, but he was number eight on another list this year. And that yeah. really pissed him off. And that's Kevin Durant. Facts. I got Kevin Durant right at number six. I'm glad he had it. Oh, <laughs> there we go. So Kevin Durant. We're in sync here. <laughs> Kevin Durant was big in the playoffs in 2021. He was big time in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He made a difference. He was awesome. Like, I love to see it. It came down to a toe. It came down to a toe. It came down to one big toe on the line. So, I mean, this guy has every right and every ability to make it that next, next offseason. Did the, did the Boston Celtics catch lightning in a bottle this playoffs? It's very possible. It's possible, but to the truth of the matter is it, there's, there's a part of it that you can't deny. They schemed him the fuck out of the gym. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is, though, too, how many like Al Horford was a <laughs> Al Horford was a huge part of that, mm-hmm. an extremely big part of shutting down Brooklyn. Are we going to get another reliable playoff year like that out of him too? So I mean, Brooklyn has top to bottom problems, obviously, but I mean, Kevin Durant, he should be in the position 28, 29 points per game just again this season. Shows up all the haters, plays 65 games, is just out here hooping. Kyrie's giving him that same energy. They don't even care that Ben Simmons is something on this team. They're just playing and other guys are playing around them. They don't even they just need develop him. chemistry. I don't know about that. They definitely need something from him. They need something from him at the power forward position. But this whole thing about him guarding fives, I think I've even said it myself, but when you think about it, Simmons is... <laughs> He's what you want guarding your two, three, and one. Right. And if Kyrie wants to be the shooting guard anyways, why isn't Ben Simmons the point guard? And Kyrie and him have had a couple of nice plays. The connect, I hope that connection gets something real. And Ben Simmons is just like, yeah, I'll set this up all day. Ben Simmons can be the Kevin Love. There you go. Exactly. And Kyrie can be... Kyrie and Byrie. Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. So Kevin everyone Durant says Ben needs to harness his inner Draymond or whatnot. I think you could say inner Kevin Love to a certain degree too, although he'll never shoot the three like Kevin Love by any now, means. Uh, Kevin Durant's to, got a lot on his shoulders here. Yeah, he does. He is the premier player. And everybody's coming at his neck too. Think about all the shade that's been thrown about him not being the bus driver and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, they dropped him to fucking eight on that list, didn't they? Yep. Number eight. I mean, he feels disrespectful. That's shade. That's shade for sure. That's absolute shade. And I don't have him that low on my top 10. So I don't understand that. No, neither do I. Right. I think he's still a top four player in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, but it hasn't looked good in Brooklyn. And that's what this comes down to. It hasn't been great. You're talking about one, the four playoff series of, out of three years. Mm-hmm. Three playoff series, right? 
He's only won three playoff series. Yeah, well, no, they've only won one. Because they made it to the second round against the Bucks, and that was it. Oh, yeah, well, second round, that's right. So they've only won one playoff series. Yeah, that's bad. They're one and one. No, they're one and two. Yeah, that's not great, but I mean, I don't know. Kyrie and KD just have this... Maybe this is the year they're aligned. You know? I maybe hope this it is, is the year they're aligned. Basketball. I hope it is too, because we deserve to... I mean... <laughs> I've said so many things selfishly like that tonight. We deserve to see it, but like it's true. We deserve, what we to, deserve see to see is LeBron James versus Kevin Durant in the fucking NBA Finals on these. No, I don't teams. think we I deserve like, to see that. I don't think we're ever going to, but we deserve it. I don't know about deserve because I don't know. We saw it on Golden State, and for some reason, that's just that was satisfying enough to me. Two and zero, Kevin Durant. We saw it against OKC. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe it is just one last time. It is, dude. LA versus Brooklyn in the NBA Finals. That would be the media. They would never stop talking about it. The Dallas Cowboys could win seven games in a row and they wouldn't even talk about it if Kevin Durant and LeBron James were facing off on ESPN. Since these teams came to be, man, that's been the discussion and it just seems more and more likely every year that it's never going to happen. And KD beats Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals. They beat Giannis. Lakers beat Jokic. Is that it? Is that it? Or does... Does he beat Steph? Does he take down Steph and Cam in one run? And LeBron finally puts to rest the two demons that still exist in his past? Oh, my God. Let's say... let's Okay, let's just... The nexus in this is hypothetical real. fantasy, <laughs> and we in this extremely hypothetical fantasy here that we're going to be going over. This is the alternate universe where everything bad actually happens. Yeah, the Nuggets have the eye. I won't even say the word the eye problem that shuts them down and has shut them down for the last two years starts with an eye, and they fall in the second round to Golden State. Where the power of Steph and Andrew Wiggins and ghostly Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney and just being a team together, and plus having Jermichael Green and Dante DiVincenzo too, right? Just all completely all, replaced Otto Porter Jr. and uh, uh, Gary Payton like that, exactly, and with better players. Right. And like, my God, like they're just a great playoff team again. But the Draymond chemistry thing is weird all year. And Draymond's getting into arguments. He rides out the year before getting the trade. But that funk goes into the Western Conference Finals where LeBron James has taken down not only the Minnesota Timberwolves, but the Memphis Grizzlies as well on the way (laughs) to the Eastern. Well, no. The Grizzlies are like the thorn in the Lakers' side. This just, it, there's so many variables at this standpoint because you're excluding Dallas from this fantasy and then you're excluding the Los Angeles Clippers as well. I'm tired of these fantasies, bro. We need to keep Me this too. Moving. Me too. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, yes, we want LeBron to win against Kevin Durant one more time because that would just complete happen. the circle. Yeah, it's just, it's over. Uh, number five, we might have the same one here. I don't know, but I threw up Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he's not on this list for me. What? No, nope, he is not on this list for me. Kawhi Leonard has played less. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined have played less games 
than Anthony, Anthony Davis yeah. in the last two seasons, I think it was. I have Kawhi Leonard five. I got Paul George four. Mm-hmm. I think both of these guys have so much to prove. They have done jack shit since being in LA. Other than that one fucking run in the bubble. I don't know, bro. There's just a part of me that looks at Paul George and I'm just like, you're just not that guy, dude. You're not even the, you're not even the two that you say you are. You know, right. recently they came out and he's like, no, Kawhi is definitely the number one. I'm, I'm the two. Yeah. And it's like, I don't even know if you're that dude. I, don't know I mean, he's definitely team. the clear number two on that team for sure. But not on but a championship like, team. Which they have proven not to be yet. Yes. Exactly. So I mean, all we know is that they're not. <laughs> so right now I'm actually currently watching Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets face off against each other. I'm watching Ben Simmons in action right now. I'm hopeful for this team. I hope they can be something. They got yeah. KD out here. KD is playing right now. Sizing up Jordan Nawara. Missed the mid-range jump shot that looked nice doing it. Oh, it looks nice doing it. Um, Kawhi Leonard, though, I mean, he's a, he's a proven champion. He's got two on his belt. But, you know, they came here to be the bad boys, and they've been nothing but the sad boys, if you ask me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nothing right. else. They've just been practically non-existent. Kawhi is a ghost. Now, the last time we saw him healthy on the floor, he looked like fucking Michael Bryant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the downer. Right. He looks like the, the, the son of Jordan, uh, Jordan and Kobe. So it's incredible when he's on the floor healthy, but like we just don't get that. Exactly. And, and when you do get it, it's not for a long period of time. Right. Like, I lack faith in it for clear and obvious reasons. So I don't think right. it's really that hot of a take to have him on this list at five. The reason I put Paul George at four is because I think all pretty much all the same things that I just said about Kawhi, I just fuck with Paul George a lot less because he's clearly the inferior player overall. <laughs> and God knows all the other reasons I don't fuck with this guy. Like so, words, huh? Whatever dagger-like words can be used against Paul George are used. You just use the word inferior. He is the inferior he player. Is. Mike dropped that on his bitch ass. That's why he goes ahead of <laughs> Kawhi Leonard on this list. That is a pure personal slant against this man and his character. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But I don't know who you're sitting at for number five. Russell Westbrook. Well, I've wanted him on this list, but I just can't. I don't even fucking want to give him the light of day and talk about him. Dude, I do. Why wouldn't you? Because come on, like that's if it's what the Lakers are running with, at least to start this season, they need something to go with it. They are. They got to get something part. Maybe Darvin Ham is actually see fucking Ramona Shelburne got me hyped as fuck the one day because she was talking about how everybody in the Lakers organization is being attacked by saying they didn't go out and get a big accusation. And she said, we got Darvin. Jeannie Buss said, we got Darvin Ham. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn it. They're right. I was like, what if it is Darvin Ham? Like, what if he is the guy that's just able to look at Russ and be like, look, it's not going to work. And I know I'm not the first person to tell you this unless it happens this way. Like, we have to be all one on defense. Like, hey, I'm not the first person to tell you this, but maybe I can be the last. Exactly. And exactly. You can fucking change your attitude. Exactly. I would love for that to fucking happen, dude. Me too. Because if all of a sudden Russ can just transform himself into like, a 17 point per game, 
eight rebounds, nine assists, point guard. He is that already that. Played. It's just not good. It's not. It doesn't contribute to winning basketball. If he could just turn it into winning play basketball. Play defense. <laughs> right. Play defense and don't take dumb mid-range shots. It just doesn't fucking translate. He is 17 a game. He was fucking 17 last year. It's 18, I think. Hold up. I feel like he was more than that, actually. 18, like 7, and 7. Okay, 18, 7, On and 7. paper... Yeah, I want that next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But it just fucking looks bad. Yeah. And you got to like think about... I don't know. Darvin Ham... to prove, for sure. I just... I don't think he's ever going to... For sure. For, I don't know. I don't know. There's something... I just... I have that much faith in Russ because there's something about Russ that tells me with the fire that he plays with that it, it should be wanting to win and not do it like that mm-hmm. and not do it. Like you are literally Batman and Superman combined, mm-hmm. like trying to do it exactly like that. Like let that be LeBron and Anthony Davis. They are that right. Russ just needs to be an athletic point guard around them that can slash and play defense. Hmm. That's what we wanted. That's what we wanted from Houston. Yep. Because that was our last glimpse of him before that was that Russ could score like 28 points per game and in Washington. Oh my God. Royce O'Neal just swished a half court three point shot <laughs> to end the first half against Milwaukee. That was pretty sick. Good acquisition, acquisition by them, by the way. Exactly. He's looking nice right now. The they Nets actually just had a pretty sick play. Yeah, they got him for one first round draft pick. Started off the meme too. Yeah. Look at that. Size up mid-range jump shot just swishes it. Woo! 59-51 at the halftime. Preseason, though, this is perfect Brooklyn Nets ball out time is the preseason. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, number five, Russell Westbrook. My bad. Uh, Good number five. I like it. Should we just fire off our next like three? And then get well, where one? are you at for number four? And then we can just hit the, the, the three. Because my number three is James Harden and we already, already talked about him. I got Zach Levine. Zach Levine at number four. Well, that's interesting. See, I had the Paul George, but I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, he probably does. Probably I does mean, just thinking about last season, it felt like all the blame for some reason fell on fell on DeMar. And I was like, why? I'm like, this is Zach Levine's team, isn't it? Right. Maybe like, DeMar's the better player overall right now. You might be able to maybe, make that case. You right. might be able to make that case. So maybe that's Zach why. Levine is, he's going to be 28 this season. Right. These are technically his prime years. And he's right. looked like nothing. Well, 24, 4, and 4. I mean, it's not nothing, but like, it's like, I don't know. Like he hasn't been able to break out in the playoffs. He's already 28 years old. This yeah, seems he like certainly he's hasn't been able to do anything player. in the playoffs. Exactly. So that gives me a lot of questions and he has to prove it to me for that reason. Yeah, he's the third guy on a championship team. Because he's talking about getting respect too. Right. Talking about getting his next big paycheck and I'm like, kind of, I'm low-key like, why? Like what proves me, what proves to me that he is any better actually than Norman Powell? Well, I think he's better than Norman Powell, realistically, but he's more I athletic think he than could Norman be, Powell. I think he could be like 
if he would have went to Cleveland instead of Don Mitchell, I think he could have been he could be like eighty eight percent upwards of eighty eight percent of Don Mitchell. Okay, I agree with that for sure. In a good system, just utilized well, potentially on the same level, right? But hey, let's be real. Like without Lonzo, they did not exist, and but with Lonzo, they existed. Yep, exactly. Because Lonzo's the trendsetter. There's just something about people say that he's not a lead guard on a team too, and I'm like, that's just unbelievable. He led that fucking team. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, he's the one that brings the ball up, and then people are also like, he's not a good half court passer. I'm like. He's a pretty good passer overall. He understands rhythm. Yeah. Like, how does that make you not a good passer? He has IQ. Exactly. Yeah. He plays with, he play, you play with IQ. With no IQ. <laughs> uh, so, hey, number three for me is James Harden. I feel like we probably have number one and number two interchange potentially. I got Ben Simmons at two, Anthony Davis at one. <laughs> That's exactly how I, have, how I have it. Oh, perfect then. Ben Simmons. It's it. We can talk about it, but it doesn't need to be said. Everyone knows what he has to prove. Everyone, exactly. Especially are you an actual him. NBA player? Right. Like, are you even? Do you even exist? Do you even care? Do you, exactly. Do you even care? Do you even care to play closeout defense in a playoff game? That question's still out there for me, even after the JJ Redick podcast. Everyone's like, "Oh, I feel so much better after that." And his media day, and I'm like, "No, How? why would you?" How he said he said the same shit before. And I'm not going to discredit the injury. I'm not going to discredit a man's mental health. But there's still questions and I don't feel any any better about him. Yeah. I feel closer to the right answer. How is he putting in any kind of work? Right. Like, are you really doing anything except for just running and looking cool at, at summertime? Like, these other guys are developing jump shots. Did you see his, uh, when he was just joking around the other day and Tossed up that ball out when they were walking outdoors or something. And oh, yeah. <laughs> they were shitting on him for that, which is just ridiculous. But it is just kind of ironic. Airball. Did you also see when he missed a, like an easy jumper and then it hit Kyrie in the head? Yes. Yeah. And Kyrie turned around looking pissed off as fuck. Yeah. yeah that was bad. Yeah, I just... Hey, there's a lot on the table for this guy. I just, I don't even, I'm surprised at how little I have to say about it because it's just like, it doesn't, it's so, it's already been said. That's the thing. Like it's already been beaten into this man's fucking head. Right. And we're just getting nothing from him. It's crickets. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't understand it. It's quite the, quite the enigma. Cause I mean, by all accounts, he should be a top 15 talent in the league. Right. He's not, he's, he, he does not find himself on my top 15 list. If he could be Jimmy Butler and Jimmy, you know what? Jimmy doesn't pay all that much attention to the outside jump shot during the regular season, but he shoots them when it counts and he makes them when it counts. Mm-hmm. That should be Ben. And he's willing to take them when it counts. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, he's not, Jimmy's afraid. not afraid of anything. Not a he's fucking not afraid. afraid. Of yeah. Not so, I mean, it comes down to that is too. If Ben Simmons just had that good confidence, do something. Oh, they just hit a little floater here. He just hit a little floater in this game. Ugh. He's getting high. He got, he just said a little something about it too. If only he could have hit a little floater against the fucking Hawks. Oh yeah, I know. Just a yeah. dunk. That's a straight up dunk. Ben Simmons, you're 6'10". I know. That's crazy. 
Number one, Anthony Davis. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. What is man, there to the be glass said about man. this? Fuck street clothes. I'm calling him the glass man. You know what? He doesn't even have to be bubble AD anymore. He he's bubble wrap AD because we need to put him. <laughs> poor guy. He is. Lo- he looks guy. like bubble AD against the Warriors the other night in that preseason game. If the MIDI is back and he shredded down some of that weird bulk that he had from last season, I believe it will be back. The MIDI is back and people are sagging off of him because they don't think he can hit the three. Oh, please. And all he's got to do is start hitting the fucking open three because people are leaving him open because they're, they're trying, they're trying to fucking goad him into it. And I want him to start hitting it. So people start respecting them again. And all that does is open up the floor for guys like Austin Reeves. Yep. Guys like that. So please, please, Patrick Beverly, fucking open three and hit those minis. And when he hits it, it's so nice. It's arguably as nice as KD when he hits it. It looks so good. <laughs> it's so nasty. It's it's different than Luca's step back. It's different than Jokic's. There's way more swing to it. There's more of a sky hook to it than anybody. And what makes it different than Kevin Durant is like the physical presence that Anthony Davis is like, yes, this is a big man. And he is bigger than Kevin Durant. A legit six, so ten and a half with a seven foot four wingspan. Right. Because with Jokic, you know, Jokic is off kilter and it's fun and it's exciting because he's that big. And it's just like, it's unique in how he shoots. Whereas Anthony Davis is very controlled and calculated. And it's, yep. it's technically really sound. So it's like seeing a, seeing both of those guys do that at their size is incredible. Just for different reasons, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much riding on this season for Anthony Davis. I mean, this could <sighs> decide whether or not... Like, I know I sent you those ridiculous texts last night. I was like, what if Patrick Beverly... Or the other night, I was like, what if Patrick Beverly is just the guy that brings us all together? He's. I think Patrick Beverly could be one of the guys that brings it together if Russell Westbrook isn't on the team. But didn't... No, did you... How much of their preseason games have you watched? I've watched a decent bit. I haven't been able to sit down and watch one all the way through. Like, I've been able to sit down and watch multiple quarters at a time and then highlights for the rest. There's moments... There's a palpable something there that There's, makes me think. I know. There's I know. something there, bro. It's different than last year. There's, there's something there about the way they're playing as a team right now. Like there's something connected between. And for some reason, I'm feeling that Schroeder is going to be the cherry on top. I hope so. But it always comes down to is whether or not the fucking glass man is going to be out there or not. And he just yep, hasn't exactly. fucking been out there. And that's why he's number one on this fucking list. Because yep. by all accounts, he should be a top three player in the fucking league. If not, top four. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be tough to sneak into the top three with fucking the back-to-back MVP up there, but yeah, you okay. have a ring and he doesn't. <laughs> He's got two MVPs, but you got a ring. Yep. Let's talk about it. And also faced off for that ring, too. Facts. So, I mean... He stepped over you to get to that ring. Exactly. He exactly. hit a three on your head top to get there. <laughs> he did. He did. Granted, it was off of a fucking poor deci- uh, uh, failure by uh, Plumley, but. Oh, yeah. The switch. Nonetheless, he hit that three on your head. I just, uh, it, I hate to see it. 
I hate to see this dude struggle. I hate to see the narrative around him. I hate to mm-hmm. talk about it and have to agree with the narrative. But it's just facts. It's fucking facts. I just love seeing it. I that got me hyped up just hearing you say about how they're gonna how teams are gonna start disrespecting the jump shot because they had an off year. From the three at least. Well, from the yes, from the three, but then like even if they fade off in mid-range situations too, it's like this is gonna be completely taken advantage of. Right. And you know, maybe he doesn't need to be at the five all the time defensively getting banged up, at least not during the regular season. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to play the majority of his minutes at the five defensively in the regular season in order for them to make it and a comfortable enough seed to make a playoff run. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you need that. In the playoffs, absolutely. He needs to be playing the five on defense because you're going to be going against probably Jokic in a series or... Exactly. And like that's the thing is that like for some reason you have to lull Anthony Davis to thinking he's the playing the four. And then when it gets down to brass tacks you have to be like look <laughs> Frank Vogel did it well exactly he did it extremely well and like almost confused us to a way too by having an active Dwight Howard JaVale McGee rotation around him you know what yep. I mean like it was perfect yep. and then when it came no holds bar it was AD Braun Kuzma Green AC and that won a championship and that's the thing. Like, it always comes down to the fact that LeBron James and Anthony Davis is healthy on the floor can win a championship with some guys. Yep. They've done that. Now, with that being said, the guys are arguably a worse fit now and worse players. Yes. But there's still that, just that inkling, that, that fucking 25% chance. Right. I just. Do you think THT is going to all of a sudden have like an 18 points per game year that's for the insane. Utah Jazz? You know what? Good for him. I hope him and Sexton <laughs> go off. That would be hilarious. Go off. He I'm rooting for Sexton. Like, me too, bro. Honestly, all well wishes this Colin Sexton. I hope he finds his like way to a contender one day as like a six man. He has just disappeared into the void in terms of NBA talk. Like nobody is talking about Colin Sexton returning for injury and playing for the Utah Jazz. Like nope. that's just into I'll the wind. The love that he deserves. I would personally love for him to find his way to the Miami Heat this season. That would be great. Replace Salary. Yep. You say, hey, look, you didn't want to deal with Don Mitchell, and that's fine in retrospect because we didn't have your picks. But what do you want for Colin Sexton? Because you're tanking. Mm-hmm. And Sexton already got paid. You want Victor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like, look, you had Rudy. Now you want Victor. You want Victor Wembanyama. You're tapped into French talent. You have a pipeline right there. Facts. Anthony Davis, though, taking the cake. Number one on this list. Tough list to make for me. Uh, Nonetheless, glad you're here for it. Uh, Let us know who you (laughs) think's on this list. Who you think we maybe left off that should have been there. Who you agreed with. All that. Uh, Engage with us on all the social media about this new episode. Once it drops... Stay tuned for all of our weekly content as well. Uh, we're on all social medias at the Dip Network. Uh, we appreciate the listen. We appreciate the follow, the shares, the downloads, everything. So keep it coming. Um, one more take, Adam. What do you think here? 
I'm going to look right at my list here and interpolate yours a little bit too. One of Julius Randle, Damian Lillard, or Draymond Green will be traded at the deadline this year. One of those three. With the reality of Victor Wembenyama existing and with the recent development of Lamelo Ball injuring the ankle to a point that's going to keep him out until probably Thanksgiving or after, the Hornets will choose to tank it for the chance to get Victor. Ooh, I and like they will it. take Russ off the Lakers' hands and we will get Gordon Hayward and, and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier and maybe a Kelly Oubre or some shit like that. And that's what we're going to get. Ooh, pass on Kelly Oubre. I'll pass on all of it personally, but that's probably what's going to happen. And that's I love it though, bro. In. And you know what's great to lock in off this news is word just came out while we were recording. Lamelo Ball to miss the next one to two weeks because of a sprained ankle. We'll that's miss the beginning of the season. Oh, that's you said what, that? Yeah, so I just said some people were saying that it could potentially be out till Thanksgiving. Tank, 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 tank. They want Victor. Uh, Keith Smith, do. I think it was on uh, uh, the hey, front office no. podcast. Um, yeah, tank it. Fuck it. Exactly. Lamelo and Victor, are you fucking kidding me? Yep, exactly. Just two weird unicorn-like players. I mean, my God, what else could you ask for in the modern NBA? Miles Bridges? Who's that? Yeah, good night. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully never sees the NBA again. But seriously, good night. We need to wrap it there. This might be one of our quickest uh, outros we've ever done. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) We're gone.